the amygdala was just so strong. It was, uh, it was a defining kind of uh, moment because it just showed how much these pathways uh, were important for uh, cognition and emotion, and, and the two could not be separated. Right, and right. so it, it's really the, the data that they were kind of screaming at, at me. The human brain is the most complex structure in the known universe, and we are in the middle of a scientific revolution to understand its inner workings. Join us for a conversation with world-renowned neuroscientists as they visit Rochester. I am Dr. John Fox, director of the Del Monte Institute for Neuroscience at the University of Rochester, and you are listening to Neuroscience Perspectives. I'm John Fox. I'm the director of the Del Monte Institute for Neuroscience at the University of Rochester. And it is an absolute pleasure today to have one of the true giants in the field of neuroanatomy and neuroscience here with us in Rochester, Professor Helen Barbas from Boston University. What took you to graduate school? What, was, it, was it there that uh, you got fascinated by the brain or was there a signature moment? I was actually quite naive when I came um uh, to study. I got a Fulbright scholarship and they did send me to Kane College uh, because I thought that I was interested in people who has brain disorders and children with disabilities and so forth. And that was a good place for that. And I learned more and more that I was much more interested in the brain as we got to know more about the brain. And um, to make the long uh, story short, I ended up at McGill later on and became much more hardcore uh, in, yeah. in the neuroscience from the neurophysiology perspective at the beginning. Well, let's back up, actually. I mean, you got this Fulbright scholarship, but tell us a little bit about where, where you came from and I, what brought you to the United States. I came from Cyprus, mm -hmm. and, and so um, uh, there was a, uh, an American consulate there, and. Uh, they had a Fulbright program and, and they had some scholarships and it was the same for undergraduates, people going for undergraduate studies and graduate studies and I was one of a lot of people who competed. We ended up being um, nine in the end, uh, but that it was probably more than a year of tests that at each stage they eliminated yeah. quite a few people. It was quite intimidating, but when you're 17, you, you sort of go with the flow. Right, and I mean, I, it's <laughs> thinking about a 17-year-old young lady in Cyprus yes. heading off to the United States, it, it, it does sound intimidating. Did you think when you were leaving then that this was, you would spend the rest of your career in, in, no, in the United States? No, no, and certainly my mother didn't. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, it, it got deeper and deeper into it, and after a while it it is, uh, the States is one of very few places where you can do this type of work. And um, uh, Boston is one of a few places, uh, maybe Rochester too, and Penn and New York, where you can do primate work yeah, and absolutely. ultimately work with humans too. Yeah. And why, why anatomy? You're really, a, you're a hardcore anatomist. What, what drew you to that? When I was uh, in graduate school, I was uh, doing neurophysiology and I was working with um, uh, different animal models and cats. And, and some of the questions that emerged from that could be addressed best at the, um, at the level of circuits, at an anatomical level. 
So I wanted to come to the States and acquire some background in that field and then go back to physiology, which everybody thinks is more exciting and so forth. And then I got hooked because I started seeing patterns and, um, and, and it was solving problems that I couldn't really do as uh, well in physiology and, and with the methods that we had at the time, it wasn't really possible. So um, it was really the, the field that fascinated me and, right. and what you could do with so much complexity. And you're extremely well known as well for, for venturing up to the front of the brain, right? There was a lot of anatomy and this yes. fundamental sensory cortices, but you, you got stuck in, in in what was considered very difficult territory. Right. And, and at that time, I was interested in um, eye movements and what really was imp uh, important for eye movements, proprioceptive information. And um, so... Uh, people who um, knew that I was studying the, the front life fields, they say, why are you studying that area? It's neither necessary nor sufficient for eye movements. My answer was, was perhaps the right question is, what is their role in eye movement? And at that point, there was quite a bit of increase in activity that people found that when an, an animal, a monkey in this case, was trained, in a visual task, uh, the receptive fields in the frontal eye fields, which are very large, were enhanced when an animal made a, a saccade towards the receptive field. So it was purposive. It had to do with the task. And so it, it was at the time when I was studying the visual input to that. So the people who were studying uh, the frontal eye fields became very intrigued with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was the first demonstration of the, the visual input to the frontal life fields. Yeah, superb, superb. It was amazing yes. work. And, yes. and, then, and then it's funny, you know, you started by saying that you came to, you know, with an eye, with an eye towards uh, clinical conditions, autism and, and developmental disabilities, and then sort of quickly turned to anatomy. But in more recent years now, your work has turned to the emotional circuits and you've come back to thinking about uh, psychiatric neurodevelopmental diseases. It's a funny circular or, or, right. or tour de force, really. Yes. Would you like to speak a bit about what brought you back into that domain? Yes, uh, well, the data always uh, speak. And, and uh, when I started um, going outside the, the frontal life fields and the lateral prefrontal areas where we could see this very primary sensory um, connections, and they went to the orbital frontal cortex. The amygdala was just so strong. It was, uh, it was a defining kind of uh, moment because it just showed how much these uh, pathways um, were important for uh, cognition and emotion, and, and the two um, could not be separated. Right, and right. so it, it's really the, the data that, that were kind of screaming at, at me, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Change of direction, actually. You have really, in, in some ways, uh, it, your career is unusual because in our field, people often move from institution to institution. But you've been at Boston University for really most of your career. Is that the case? Uh, yes, yes. And, and one of the reasons is, um, is because... Um, it's a good place, you know, there are a lot of people who work in that area. 
But uh, once you start a lab like that and you go from the system to the synapse, you're kind of tethered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really develop a lab. You, you start it from the ground up. Yeah. And, and anything that takes time away, I don't like. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's downtime. Um, and sometimes it's uh, moving, it's, it's quite disruptive. Yeah, yeah. And it's not always the best way to get ahead. You know, sometimes it's, it's better to just hop around. <laughs> I just did not like losing time. But life in Boston has been good to you. The, you... The life in Boston, yes. Boston was always a, yeah. a good place to go after Montreal. And a great science town and a great neuroscience town. Yes, yeah, yes. Absolutely great, great community there. You're a trailblazer as a woman in science as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the folks who watch this, uh, this segment that we do are young women in science. And that. Do, you, do you have words of wisdom for them about what it means to be a woman in science? Things that, that you know, are guiding principles for you? Um, yes, I, I think that um, we learn how to persist in spite of all the drawbacks. Helen, such a pleasure to, to get to spend some time with you and to catch up with you. And, uh, you know, just to express my congratulations and appreciation for your long career in anatomy and the, the long reach uh, and, and penetration of the work that you've done. That's really laid a foundation for a lot of us working in the field. So great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you.